All right, still got guys coming in. Feel free, yeah, guys, take a seat there. Welcome to Iron Men Connect, everyone. It's, uh, this is awesome to have another full house this morning. Good morning, Andy. Hey, Jesse. Awesome. Well, we're really excited. Uh, I, know, I feel like I say that every Friday morning because I genuinely am always really excited to be here with you guys. But I'm in particular really excited uh, for this morning, um, my table captain, the entrepreneur table is actually going to be teaching this morning and I'm excited. Before uh, he comes up, I'm going to have Mike come up and kind of do a little intro for Jim. But uh, yeah, this, this, uh, this month's topic, Does God Exist? I'm really excited to have my table captain this morning teeing us off here at Four Rivers uh, as we go through that topic. Mike, would you come up and talk a little bit about Jim? And then if you could, I uh, would love for you to open us up in prayer. I will do that. I like, uh, like the hat, Ryan. You covered the dome. <laughs> Good morning, Doc. Good morning, gentlemen. So I will open us up in prayer. Thank you. And uh, introduce our speaker this morning. In fact, I might do it uh, in a little bit of a reverse order because uh, as part of Jim, he's such a great coach. He's our leader. He also gave me some scripture to read. And so if you don't mind, I'll... I'll use those words uh, to open us up in prayer, and I'll do that now, and I'll ask if everybody could please stand up this morning as, as we open up in prayer. I'll be reading from Corinthians. This is Corinthians 2, 12, 7 through 10. So to keep me from being conceited because of the surpassing greatness of revelations, a thorn was given to me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from being conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that the thorn should leave me. But he said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I boast all more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I'm content with weaknesses, with insults, hardships, persecutions, and even comedies. For when I am weak, I am strong. In Jesus' name. Thank you, gentlemen. You can sit down. Uh, I really am going to introduce a very special man today. Boy, isn't that true? Every time somebody comes up here to speak, there's a special man that's being introduced. But uh, for the entrepreneur table, I will tell you that Jim is, uh, when he was first introduced to me, uh, he was introduced to me as a coach. And, you know, we, we, re we actually probably need to use that as a nickname more often for Jim because he is such a tremendous coach and a special man to our table, and a, and a special dear friend to me as well. I'd like to call out that uh, Jim is the father of two men, age uh, 41 and 38. Uh, one lives in Cambodia, and the other lives in Northern California. He also is the father of two daughters. They're age 15 and 16, and that's by way of uh, the foster care system, which also tells you quite a bit about Jim, I think, right? And I know he would also be proud uh, for, to, to know, for, you, for you all to know that he is the proud grandfather of four children as well. So Jim, if you could start walking up here, and as, as Jim's walking up here, I know this is a men's group, uh, right? I don't, we are all men here this morning. So it's, it's common, especially I think at the first responder table, you might kind of size us up a little bit, right? I'm a little taller than Jim. <laughs> We're about the same age. Some of you might be thinking I could probably take Jim. Yeah, yeah. No, you would be wrong. You would be sadly wrong. Jim uh, destroys me on the tennis court. Um, and we go biking at the entrepreneur table from time to time. And yeah. everybody will tell you, David Hill's been with us as well. 
He's got a gear in him that uh, nobody else can seem to find. He's, he's a physical specimen. So, um, gentlemen, Jim Butler. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning. Give a moment while I get my last piece of electronics on me. Thank you. All right. Since I'm up here, I get to ask for a second prayer. I'm a, a little bit anxious this morning. Woke up a little bit troubled. So I'm going to ask that you uh, join me for uh, help from the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you for this day. And Lord, you know the condition of my heart. There's some things that are just kind of um, unsettled and troubled. And Lord, I need your help. I need the power of your Holy Spirit. We all do. We all do in this room. And Lord, we just pray that this is just not another moment, but this is a moment where we engage with you. So help us, help me communicate your heart. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You know, uh, last week, Dr. Cooper graciously was sharing about the proof that God exists is our personal testimony. And when I heard him say that, I had a breath of fresh air because I thought I had a science class that I had to do. And I, if I remember my last science class or, or course, I got a D two points away from an F. So to talk about creation and God exists in a, from a science perspective would be uh, a waste of your time and my time. So I'm going to talk about a personal testimony, my own personal testimony, and that personal testimony shares and shows that God exists. And I'm going to give a window, I'm 63, going to be 64 uh, next month, but I'm going to give a window of the last three years of my life. So uh, about 10 days ago was uh, my wife, who we've been married for 45 years, her birthday, her 63rd birthday. And on our 63rd birthday, um, it was an eventful one, one we're not going to forget. We were on a Zoom call for eight hours. She had her attorney and I had my attorney. And that we were on for mediation for the sole purpose of the dissolution, dissolution of our marriage of 45 years. It ended with divorce. At the end of our settlement 10 days ago, I felt two overwhelming emotions that came over my heart and my soul. The first one was just an extreme sadness that the person that was my best friend and all the memories of the fun things that I had, I would not see those again. I would miss her. And the second thing that uh, emotion that I had was just the sheer brokenness of my condition. I couldn't save the marriage. I couldn't get the wheels back onto the car or the train. I couldn't make her happy. Uh, time and time again, she said, you are not the man I married. What happened? Well, Sue and I at the, uh, were empty nesters. Our boys had left. Both of us had many testimonies of Christian success. I was a uh, children's pastor. I was a youth pastor. I was an elder. I was a pastor of a church. I pioneer, helped pioneer um, many churches. I started a company. I, we both had various testimonies of the grace of God. And eight years ago, we opened up our home to two little girls, foster care. And three years ago, my wife and the oldest daughter were not getting along. 
and they couldn't get their the the rhythm of their relationship together and so their problem became my problem and then when it became my problem in a sense my problem was I had to fix their problem but they couldn't fix their problem and when I tried to fix their problem I couldn't do it then I became the problem because I couldn't fix their problem and I my performance my control and the methods that I was using was the problem and I can remember the day when she said you're gonna have to make a choice right now you're gonna have to make a choice between me and your daughter one of us is leaving and when I heard those words I was totally undone and the only thing I could do at that point was to yell out oh God help me because I don't know what to do and this is what uh, transitions into the topic that I want to talk about today which is what do I do when God is silent we uh, my friend Mike read that scripture in Corinthians talking about the thorn in the flesh for two and a half years I pleaded with the Lord for wisdom circumstances to change heart to change something to change that we're not in this position where I have to choose between abandoning my wife or abandoning my child I got no answer but the promise in 2nd Corinthians is his grace is sufficient even though you are in the dark night of your soul his grace is sufficient that's the promise of 2nd Corinthians in this passage here so I want to leave you with three spiritual disciplines that I have personally practiced during these two and a half years to keep my nose above the water and to experience that grace that is sufficient even when you've hit the wall and you wonder if God exists. The first one, and I just claim it is God's world. It says in Psalm 19 verse 1, the heavens declared the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. So let me encourage you brothers, when we find ourselves overwhelmed with our circumstances, you need to get out into his handiwork, get into his creation. I find that creation speaks. It speaks. When I have found myself overwhelmed with anxiety, overwhelmed with decisions, overwhelmed with the unknown, there is something that happens to me when I say I'm going to take a walk in the park and in the midst of his creation, just walk those anxieties out. What happens when in that? I don't know the chemistry of it, but I just sense his voice saying to me, it's going to be okay. I am with you. And when I am walking in the background of his creation, there is something that happens because I see the awe of God, the glory of God. There's something in us as men that when we get a hold of some, something that needs an answer, something that needs to be uh, battled through, we work it through our mind and we think that if I change my thinking, it's going to change the circumstances. I say that the best way is, is if uh, 
uh, you know, if we're going to just focus, it's, it's not truth alone that's going to change your circumstances. You need a peace that passes all understanding. And if you can have the truth in the backdrop of his creation, and look at this, we have the sun rising and the glory and the warmth of his creation coming on to us. It changes you. Mike was talking about myself being a coach. One of the first things I do when I chat with someone and they're finding and they're stuck, I say, hey, just take a day, one day sabbatical, go to the beach, bring a journal, write down what's going on. And I, I usually find close to 90% when I, they come back and I ask, what did God say? It just flows out of them because they were in God's presence and creation. Second thing is God's rhythm. We find in uh, Genesis chapter 1 and uh, 2 is the creation story. And in the creation story, it reveals the nature of God. We find that God reveals himself as creator. He's creating for six days. And then on the seventh day, he rested. So we see in the midst of this, this is how God moves. He has a rhythm. Six, one. The one is a day of rest. So to get a greater understanding of that type of God's rhythm is to understand the context of who it was written to. Genesis is written to the Israelites that were just released from bondage in Egypt for 430 years. The only thing that they knew was slavery. The culture that they lived in was an Egyptian culture. The values that they had was is, is that you produce. You're only good by how many bricks that you produce. If you don't produce enough bricks, you don't have worth to the Egyptian culture. Their rhythm was you work seven days from sun up to sundown. That's what they knew. So they were liberated, but in their flesh, all they knew was production and produce and value for on the uh, producing bricks. But the Lord says, look, I want you to learn one lesson, the most important lesson before we reveal the rest of scripture. This is the most important lesson that I want you to learn. And he's saying this to the, Egyptian, uh, uh, to the Israeli people, the Jewish people. The first lesson before I teach you anything else, I need you to know something. And this is it. How to take a break. And that word break is the word where we get Sabbath. The Sabbath rest. That rest Everything uh, that in creation that God has created, he, at the end of that particular day, it states that um, it was good. But when he created man, at the end it says it's very good. So God's intent for us is that we're the crowning achievement of his creation. He loves us. He's got a plan for us. And in that first message, he says, because I love you, I want you to start by taking a break, taking rest. So what does that look like? Is there a law to that? Is there a formula? No. That's where you draw on the Holy Spirit and say, what does spiritual, physical, soul rest look like? So let me conclude in just saying that in the last three years of my life, uh, I would say it's been a classification of the uh, dark night of my soul. It has been a real challenge. I hit a, I hit a wall 
and all the things that in principles and things that I knew um, in the past weren't going to get me over this wall. And when you were at that wall, I find it's a place of vulnerability. You're weak. I knew I was weak. I had um, individual friends, good friends. I had coaches working with me. I had counselors working with me. I had a number of individuals that I just thank God that I had. I had tennis buddies, but I knew that I was missing something. I was hungering for something else. 18 months ago, um, I heard about Iron Men of God. And I thought, I felt the, the spirit tugging on my heart and says, you need to go. So I went. I walked in. Mike was here. Rich was here. Uh, my friend Doug was here. A number of guys were here. I found that I was able to share my pain, my brokenness, my weakness, my real who I am and what I'm going through. And in every situation, I found no shame. They didn't judge me. They didn't second guess me. But they created a safe environment that I could restore. I think there's something about God's family, which is the third point that we need to uh, invest in, is finding that posse, that brotherhood, where you feel the safety, because in that safety is really the, where God helps you resurrect on the other side of the wall. So brothers, I appreciate the opportunity to share today. And I look forward to dialogue what we're going to be doing with the uh, tables. Jim, thank you so much. I really appreciate the angle that you took to this morning's topic. I, I know I, I personally really resonate with that. The question, does, does God exist? And the reality that we can experience every day in very practical rhythms of our life that he does. And I know for me, uh, Jim, I probably would have taken a very similar approach to you and to say that, you know, similar to even Dr. Cooper last week, I kinda, I'm starting to see a little bit of a, of a common thread here already that all I have to share is my testimony and how I've experienced God to be real to me in my own life. And those kind of three spaces, Jim, are really powerful. Uh, table captains, I sent yesterday to you guys an email with two questions that really this morning, Jim kind of created kind of two exercises, if you will. And within the exercises are some questions that I think that if we really even spend time in just one of those this morning, maybe you get through both of them. I believe we're going to have an awesome and powerful table discussion this morning. So table captains, the floor is yours. And I'll get back up here uh, about five till. Yeah, Jim, when you mentioned that a breath of fresh air came into you when Dr. Cooper said it's just about telling your story, I felt the same thing. Because I was so anxious last year when God put this topic on my heart related to does God exist? I'm like, how, how am I going to explain that? And then when Dr. Cooper kicked it off the way that he did, I was just like, I could tell my story. I think that I can do that. I can tell how God has impacted my life. So, yeah, I felt the same way, Jim. There's nothing more attractive to me when a guy is authentic and real. Did that exceptionally well this morning. And uh, one of the things that I shared with the first-timers table, we have Jim right here, Jim, and Josh at the first-timers table. 
was we talked about the dome of confidence that we like to create. And when a guy shares something, now Jim was much more public this morning because he's here, but when a guy shares something at your table that's very near and dear to his heart, he doesn't share this with other guys. Table captains always remind the guys around the table that what Fred just shared or what Joe has just shared, that needs to stay right here with us boys. And that's really important as it relates to the dome of confidence. And so Jim, thank you for being authentic and thank you for being real. You set the bar high for Mike. Where's he at? Mike, where's he at? Did he already leave? He already left to start preparing. But the entrepreneurial table continues to grow and grow and grow. You guys, something special is going on over there. So a couple closing announcements. Dave, we've been doing a ton of stuff with Got Your Six. This past uh, week, Dave and I came in this morning. And I'm like, man, I'm tired. He's like, I am too. And my weekend's just about to start. He ends his weekend with a wedding. But this past week, we actually launched, Dave launched the uh, Got Your Six Revelation Study for first responders and beyond, which was awesome. If you guys want to follow some of the stuff that Dave is doing through Got Your Six, go to the ironmanofgod.com website forward slash Got Your Six. We're in the midst of a 12-week study on the book of Revelation led by Dr. Cooper. You're welcome to virtually tie into that. We, uh, Dave, you had probably like 40 people that showed up at the Dream Center, and then uh, there was another 40 or so that were online around the country, so that was really cool. The other thing that uh, Got Your Six is about to launch uh, for first responders, and their spouses, if they're married, is going to happen April 8th. It's going to start at the Hope Center. And uh, that will go on for the next several months. So be looking for that. You'll see that also on the website. So if you know a first responder, this is a wonderful way for you guys to invite them into Ironman through Got Your Six. So you just go to the ironmanofgod.com forward slash Got Your Six. Uh, Dave, did I miss anything? I thought that would thought that would be good to announce that. All right. So next week, we're back here. Four Rivers, Mike is going to be kicking us off. So April 7th, we're actually going to do a men's movie night at the West Orange Five, right? And uh, what time do we know? We'll confirm that, but what we're going to be doing is watching A Case for Christ. Doesn't mean that you shouldn't read the book. But we are going to do a movie night, so we're giving you some time to read through the book, and then we're going to do a movie night. We're going to take the whole theater. There'll be a small charge. What are we going to charge? Five bucks a head, something like that? We're supporting the family that owns the theater, and then we're going to watch the movie together, all right? Dave, I haven't seen you in forever, man. I got my name tag on this morning. Why don't you come up and close us in prayer real quick? Thank you for everything that you do, bro. Let's bow our heads, please. Heavenly Father, we come before you with gratitude, attitudes of gratitude. I praise you for how open Jim was today, how vulnerable he was. The power is just amazing. It pours through testimonies like that, God, and we just thank you. Thank you. When I hear that, I am. it just impresses upon me how important it is for us to be real with each other. We spend so much time putting on airs and showing other people and making people think that we have everything together and we've got a good plan and underneath we're just dying. And I just praise you for the openness that he brought and the openness of other people's testimonies here. And thank you for the work that you're doing, the sharpening of each man here. I just praise you for the Iron Man and I pray you be with these guys throughout the week and bless their families and friends. In Jesus' name, amen.